following message is by a guest speaker at Emmanuel Community Church. More information about the ministry of Emmanuel Community Church can be found online at www.emmanuelcommunity.org. Dear God, we know that you are bigger than us, and we know that you want us to go and make disciples of all nations. But first, help us to make disciples here, form a community here where we can reach out to the communities here so that we can raise up a man and woman who will be able to go to the ends of the earth. Father, I ask you this morning that you speak to us, Father. That you help us to hear your voice and to follow you, Father. I ask that your spirit lead us and guide us this morning because one touch by your spirit can change all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Following God is Christian life. Amen? That's why all of us are here in this morning following God. Jesus invited us, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Invitation is clear, and God wants us to follow him. Now, what is following God like in your life? How closely are you following Christ? Is there evidence in your life, in my life? Because when we walk with God, when we follow God, there has to be an evidence that I can show and say, this is a mark of Christ in my life. And your children will be able to say, oh, my mom, my dad, they follow God. And your siblings, your friends will be able to say, oh, that person I know follows God. I want to take a look at today's text in Hebrews, uh, Genesis chapter 12. And uh, it's Genesis, not Hebrews, by the way. It's a mistake. Shall we rise together of the reading of the scripture together? The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household, and to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the positions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out from land of 
for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem, at the time the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord and who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hill east of Bethel and pitched his tent with a Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's greet one another and say, let's follow God. And then you may be seated. Now, God invites you. Now, this is an invitation that God says, I want you to come. Can you hear when he says, come? He says, go. Go from your country and your people, you know, your father's household, the land I will show you. Now, if you want to follow God, you need to leave. You need to leave behind everything that is there. Now, if I want to translate this to you a little simply, it says, take a risk, right? Take a risk in your life. Go out of your comfort zones. Go out of your securities. Go out of your box. You don't have to go through life just like anybody else in this world. Buying a house, paying a mortgage, buying a car, sending your children to a nice school, you know? Go out of your box. I asked this question many times to the people that I knew. If God wants you to go to Africa, would you go? I asked this question even before I became a Christian. Never knowing that I will be end up becoming a missionary. You know? The response that I got was that I know God will never ask me to go to Africa. God will never want me to go somewhere like that because God knows me, they said. The question is a very simple one. If God commands you, would you go? The answer is obviously yes for all of us, right? Now, live dangerously. Follow God. Now, in fact, this is the worldly view of looking at how you live with God. In fact, it isn't so. Following God is the safest way to live. Because God knows everything, right? God sees everything. God blesses you. God knows everything. I'd rather walk with him than walk by myself. But it feels like taking a risk. Now, today's scripture gives us these words, but it is said that the biggest risk is take no risk at all in your life. You look back in your life, however you lived. 
Is there anything that you can say, this is something that God did in my life? One way or another, you and I will live in this world or exist in this world. And to live, follow God. And God will show you. That's the promise. In fact, the very place that we are living, you know, in this generation, you know, the society, how they portray as a secure life, retire with a lot of money in your hand, in your bank, or planning out for retirement. We didn't have that. You know, you don't see that in the Bible. You don't plan out for retirement. This is the kind of concept this generation has given to us. And we live with that. I was 14 years old when I left Korea. Leaving my home, my family, I came with my brother who's with us here today. I was 14 years old crossing the Pacific Ocean in a plane. I took a risk leaving my family to my aunt's house. I wanted to study. I wanted to make an American dream. Whatever that American dream is, But when I came here, I found God. And I found God's dream. And when I found God, He was bigger than anything. He's greater than anything. You know, His love, His joy, His peace. When I found Him, I needed to look for anything else. I didn't want anything else. Because He who loved me enough to die for me deserves everything that I had. Every time that I had. every energy that I had. I said, Lord, take it. I will do whatever you ask me to do. And I didn't think that God would send me to Africa for sure. You know? I wasn't... You know, I didn't even have Afro-American friends, you know? I didn't know African missionaries back then. You know? Only thing that I knew was God... said go into the whole world. So before I wanted to get into any career or any kind of relationship, I wanted to know God's mission. So I said, Lord, teach me mission. What should I do? And our church at that time had a ministry in Uzbekistan. And the ministry, the missionaries are coming back about the time I was going to graduate, so I wanted to go to Uzbekistan. And I studied, prepared Russian, Strasvice, Dasvidania, you know, Spasiva. <laughs> and I prepared to go. But I was shocked to know that God, you know, God really is taking us, you know, God is leading us. God will show you the land I will show you. I didn't know that he was so specific about that. In the morning, as I always did, I went to uh, pray to God. I went to praise God. I went to read the scripture first thing in the morning. And I remember first time as I closed my eyes, Africa just came to my mind. And I said, what is this? Second day, same thing happened. Africa came to my mind again. Third day, Africa came. For seven days, he repeated And I realized God was showing me something. And I said to God, God, if you really want me to go to Africa, I will go. 
I surrender. But I didn't think that he will send me to Africa. I thought that God would just want me to surrender. I got a call that same day. My pastor asked me to come to his house. And the first thing he asked me was, would you go to Gambia, West Africa? And I knew God was showing and God is leading. You know? That's why when I was 23 years old, I left the United States for two years that I wanted to learn missions. After learning missions, I want to come back and support missions, you know, send somebody. But I never thought that I would become a missionary. I had no desire to be a missionary, no desire to be a pastor. But when I was there for two years, you know, I remember the second malaria that I had, my fever was 105, 106. And I remember early in the morning, God woke me up and gave me the vision for the school that you saw. That was 1994. And I was excited. Not only one day, two days, for 30 days, for this school vision came to me. God showed me. And I knew that God was going to do it. And then I came back, and I came to Chicago. And I went to Trinity, and... There I met Joseph Chang as another step into doing the M4 missions in a village like that. Because Joseph and I and Keith, three of us got together every Sunday night. For a year and a half, we prayed together and said, God bless us. God use us. We will do anything for you. We really did that. And without big church, without big finances, just three of us, as young as we were, able to build a school like that. And I get amazed even now, seeing that, and my God is awesome God. And that God is your God, and he invites you. And says, come, follow me. I will make you a fishers of man. And that's what he does. Now, if you follow God, first thing happens is that he will bless you. Right? Following God is receiving. Now, first part was following God is leaving. Leaving from your comfort zone. If you are ready and desire to leave, God will show you. But if you don't have the desires to leave, just like someone said, you know, God will never send me to certain, certain locations. If you have that mindset, I don't think God will come and show you because you are not ready for it. Just like if Caleb, uh, Caleb is old enough now, I think. He's big enough, right? Caleb is six foot. But let's say Krista comes to me one day and says, Dad, can I have your car key? I want to drive. She's nine years old, right? So I don't think I will give the car key yet. In the same way, you and I who desire to follow God, God will show you. Now, I will make you into a great nation. That's what he wants to do. God is saying, I will make you into a great person. I will make you into a great doctor. I will make you into a great housewife. I will make you into a great engineer. 
I will make you into a great whatever that you are. He wants to bless you. And it, this blessing is a daily blessing that God wants to give you. You need to receive that. If you follow God, you will receive these blessings in your life. As a community, right? Emmanuel Church will become a great church. You know? It will be a thriving church. Church where everybody will come together and say, we want to follow God. And Emmanuel will become as great as all of you are. If you are not great, Emmanuel will not become great. You must experience the great things that God wants to bless you with. You know? I like this uh, story about a fisherman. You know, some of you might have heard of it. This fisherman was a fishing, you know. How many of you like fishing, by the way? Can I see your hands? Nobody? Some of you? Right? Now, if you like fishing, you know what it is. I, I, would like, I always like to do spear fishing because I used to do scuba diving. You know? The fishing, you know, this is something that I don't really particularly care, but our kids like to go in fishing. This particular fisherman, whenever he catches a big fish, he lets it go. When he catches a small fish, he puts it into a bucket. A big fish lets it go. Small fish puts it into a bucket. You know, somebody was watching this. It was strange sight, right? Most of us would catch big fish, put it in. Small fish, you let it go, right? But most Asians would put both of them in, right? <laughs> so somebody was watching this fisherman, came to the fisherman, what are you doing there? You catch a big one, you let go. A small fish, you put it in. And the fisherman replied and said, In my house, there is only 10-inch size frying pan. We don't need anything else bigger than that. Now, that knowledge is perfect for you and I. We don't want God's size vision. God is big and God wants great things for you. Can you imagine a man who does not even have a son? who takes his you know, nephew Lot with him. To a man, he says to God, God says to him, I'm going to make you into a great nation. You know, he shows the stars in the sky and says, look, that's how great you will become. God wants you to become great in your life. Now, blessing. God wants to bless you. Now, why does he want to bless you? Okay? Because God wants you to become a blessing. Following God is transforming you into becoming a great person so that you can bless the people around you. You know, Pastor uh, Steve mentioned, uh, I went through the uh, membership class, right? About a month ago or so, I was in this sanctuary and I thought, I want to become a member of this church. So I wasn't sure. Because I'm a missionary, I don't know how he will react. So I went to him privately, and we actually had a private membership class, he and I. <laughs> and then with my wife, I went the second time, and I, I met Young and Richard, who's playing the, uh, uh, doing the sounds in the back. 
And uh, he asked me this question at the end of the membership class. What do you expect from uh, Emmanuel Church? What do you expect? And I remember replying to him, I expect nothing from Emmanuel, community church. But I want to become a blessing to this church, I told him. Because all of us in this room, God calls you to become a blessing. Right? Please repeat after me. I want to be a blessing. You know, you can bless someone in this room today. You know? After the worship is over, pay attention to look around. You know? And see how you can bless them with saying hello. I remember one time coming back from a village. You know, you saw our village far away. It's about five, 400 miles away from the civilization. And it's a long journey. It takes a whole day to drive down. And then I remember getting into an airplane to come back to the United States. I was very distressed and very tired. As I was walking in, the, I think it was Air France. I'm not advocating for Air France, by the way. But students who were standing in the front simply said, Welcome. And uh, I was walking in like this, and I had to look up and look at her face, and she was smiling. And it made my day. Right? From coming from a rural village into a civilization, because when we get into a plane, it's all civilized, you know? <laughs> and I remember feeling like, wow, she welcomed me into a plane. How about as a church, as a community? Right? You can be a blessing to someone next to you, today even, right? Instead of what ICC can do for you, seriously, what you can do for the community here, if you mature, if you grow in Christ, what can I do for this church and this person who are needy? You know, many of you probably went to some different churches maybe receive the hurts and pains here and there, experiences, maybe good and bad. But we are gathered here, right? Instead of what I can gain from this community, how about what I can give to this community? If you do, this Emmanuel church will become, our church will become a great church that God can use for this community and to the ends of the earth. Now, verse 3 talks about how God is going to be on your side. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. That means you and I join this dream team. You and I become untouchables. Because who's on our side? God is on our side. You know, whenever you feel like I'm nobody, whatever you feel like I am, you know, just, just ordinary person, you are not. Because God is on your side. And you are an extraordinary person because of God in your life. Now, now if you follow God, you are joining into this dream team. Remember that. 
And that this team, do you know what it's going to do? It's going to transform your community around you. It's going to change your company. It's going to change your family. It's going to change and influence whatever the connection that you have in your life. If it's not, maybe you are not following God. Because of you, amazing things will be happening around you. Now, finally, on this part of the section, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples of the earth will be blessed through me. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that excite you? That whole nations, all the tribes on earth will be blessed through me. There's so much to do. Okay? This is what God did from verse 1 through 3. This is the first section. Now, how does Abram respond to this? makes Abram a great person. Later on, he becomes Abraham, right? Let's take a look at that one, okay? Now, sum up. Now, following God, what does that mean, okay? First thing was the word leaving, right? Leaving. Remember that. You must be ready to leave the comforts of your life. Second thing was receiving. What, what do you need to receive? A blessing from God, right? Third thing is a joining, Joining into a team, you're not alone. You're never alone. Jesus is there. And the people who believe in Jesus, you need to be united. You cannot be alone. That's why you need a church. That's why you need to become a member. Really say, this is my home. This is my family. You know? I always think of um, a, you know, people that I belong to as a community of faith. I know that if something happens to me, I know that one of you will fly to Africa and take my children. I know. Out of this congregation, I know a person will come to get my children. If something happens to that person, I know that I will come and take their children to Africa. (laughs) I am willing. All of you children... (laughs) (laughs) right free education listen this is a community real joining to a team and then you become a transforming that you become a blessing to the world that you become a blessing this is an amazing thing now in order to do that you need to do what Abram did okay what did Abram do Okay, let's read that verse 4 together, right? So, Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Anybody here older than 75? Yeah, none of us here, right? You guys all look like 20s. I'm only 20 years old, by the way. I'm going to live like that. I'm not going to get old. I'm going to thrive. I want to live as a 20. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to live dangerously. If God calls me, I will go anywhere. 
because he loves me enough to die for me. I can trust him. It's not a risk. It's a sure thing when I follow him. Now, in this verse, he was a 75-year-old man and goes, right? Now, Lot is his nephew. He could have said no, right? The verse says, Lot went with him. Why? Because when someone sees a man or woman who follows God, they get influenced. They do. There is amazing things that happens when somebody follows God. And the people around them get, you know, challenged. Not only challenged, they get changed as well. So that they can become part of the work that God is doing. Only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. Now, how far you can go, it really depends on how closely that you want to follow God. Now, God is going to do great things with you. And I can sense God has great plan for our church, Emmanuel. If we want to thrive, each one of you in this room had to make a commitment to say, I will follow God no matter what. If we do that, right, amazing things will happen. Now, the very place that we are worshiping, Helen Keller, you know, that's the name after this school, right? Said these words, life is either daring adventure or nothing at all. This woman who was born blind, mute, and deaf, you know, couldn't even speak, you know, lived like an animal, right? But touched by one woman, changed her. You can exist in this world or can live. You can choose. As we worship God, right? God is inviting you and says, follow me. I will make you into a great man and great woman so that you and I can. Now, here is amazing thing about Abram. Okay? Abram lives no backup plan. He's all in. Look at verse 5. He says, He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the position they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. You know, if you look at the picture of uh, uh, the map of that area, right? Haran is on the top there. And the distance is about 400 miles, four to 500 miles. Back then, it wasn't difficult. Like, you know, these days we can drive a car. But back then, it was a difficult journey. It, was, it could be so hard that they could drop out in the middle of it. But Abram persevered. But you need to know, going back to uh, Genesis 11:31. Actually, this journey did not start from Haran, but it actually started from Erd of Chaldeans. His father, Terah, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, 
the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. There, Terah dies. His father dies. Abram's father dies there. Journey started way before, but stopped in the middle of it. Now, as I talk to some of you and fellowship with some of you, I realize you made a commitment in your life in the past, in your high school years, in your college years. You had a dreams and visions once. how you wanted to follow God, how you committed. When there was an altar call and says, come if you want to go to the ends of the earth, some of you went. Some of you said, I will. Now listen carefully. You can stop at Haran or, or you can go all the way. You can be all in, not halfway. You know? There is an amazing thing happens for those who put all of themselves to God's work because God meets them there. God meets them there. Now, let's look at these, okay? Verse 7. Can we read the verse 7 together, please? The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Verse 8 continues and says, From there he went on to the, towards the hill east of Bethel, pitched his tent with a Bethel on the west and the Ai on the east. He built an altar there to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. With this I'm going to end. Listen. What is an altar that he built? Twice it is mentioned This word, altar, that he built. Now, altar is a place, a table they can set up in a church where you put bread and the wine normally. You put offering there, this table. That's one meaning of that. Second meaning is any structure where you can put an offering, sacrifice on it. We don't do that anymore because Jesus died for us, right? Now, another meaning of the word altar is this. Altar is a place where you can come to worship God. Place where you can fellowship with God. Place where you can pray to God. An altar could be a part of a building or room. For instance, a church building where you can come as Brothers and sisters to worship God. Building an altar. Have you built an altar in your home? You should. If you want to follow God, in a real sense, you must. For our family, our living room is on our altar. We come together every evening and we worship. We sing two hymns together. We read two chapters together. And I normally ask them, do you guys have any questions? Once in a while, they ask amazing questions. One time, Caleb asked this question. We were reading through the Exodus and says, why all these people disobey God? 
<laughs> you know? I wonder how many of you today heard an amazing call to follow God and building the altar before God. How many of you will actually establish an altar in your home? As a young couple, as some of you are, you should. One hymn, one chapter together. Takes a five minute of joining hearts together to worship God. It's easier than you think. When we go back to Africa, we do the same. In our living room, we come together making an altar before God. And I tell my children, during this worship, you want to be successful? I give you a secret of success. The Bible says you meditate on the word of God day and night, you will be successful. There's no other thing. Meditate on the word of God day and night. I remember Krista was only like five or six. She began to read. And I told her, Krista, you know, now you can read. I think you should do a quiet time. And she got up next morning. She came to me and says, what's today's text? She took it. And she read it. And she wrote down, God is... And she filled in the blank. And then she wrote down, God, I learned that. And she filled in the blank. And then she wrote down, I will. And she filled in the blank. Even this morning, she sent me an email. Even though we live together, she sends me an email. (laughs) (laughs) And she wrote down, God is an awesome God. You know? As young as they are, You need to build an altar in your home. You need to. Now, as a a community, we need to build an altar here. And there's a discussion that we've been having about purchasing a building, right? Now, here at Keller, we build an altar here to worship God together. But I think we are going into a right direction as we are building an altar for God and in the purchasing of the building. Because if you worship God individually and personally, when we come together, this worship will become, you know, like a dynamite explode and people who visit us will see. But if the corporate worship is the only thing that you do, right? If you don't have a personal worship, right? So it is very important to keep the balance of the personal worship and corporal worship. Let me end and conclude. God calls you to fellowship. God promises blessings. God God will train you. God will bless you so that you and I can become the blessing to the world. As a follower, we need to accept this. And begin walking by, you know, one by one, and God will do great things in your life. As a community, we can reach the whole world with the gospel if we follow. Let's pray together.